Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how are you doing this fine Wednesday afternoon, Chad? I'm doing great. Considering yesterday's result, I am doing great. Thumped Wilder, great goals, and Morgan Gibbs-White. I don't even know what that was. I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm doing great. How are you, Noah? I'm still absolutely buzzing from that victory last night chad what a win never in all my days would i have thought that we were gonna win that emphatically i thought there was an off chance that we could win i was like praying that we'd get at least a point thinking maybe we could win but never never did i think we were gonna win in that fashion i mean really barring and we we tweeted this out barring one west fodderingham slip literally we were unreal immaculate unbelievable i mean you you just can't you can't express how our form was last night and is that uh, to this point i mean that has to be in the top five as far as our our best victories of the season right yeah i mean it has to go up there with the likes of beating fulham i mean i was along the similar lines of you, you know, hoping we would get at least a point, maybe a slight chance but of a victory, but boys came to play. Boys came to play. They weren't messing around. They wanted they, – they wanted to – I don't know if they – I could say they wanted to show Wilder up and say, like, hey, look at what you built here, and then it, we kind of had a slip, and now we're back to, to playing like you – how you had us playing, and it was a good, nice, emphatic win. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it really does speak to the fact that we have a much better quality team than that Middlesbrough side. You know, Wilder had him playing good, but pound for pound, player for player, we have a much better side, in my humble opinion. Yeah. I, I think they were, their team was masked by, you know, a couple of results that kind of went their way. And I think, you know, it was one of those deals where, they almost got exposed, and you look at the rest of the season, is this going to be something that affects them, you know, now that they've been found out by us? We can see that so many goals, do they get opened up, and do they fall away towards the end of the season? You know, only time will tell, but, man, how much better than Spurs are we if we went and beat Middlesbrough, <laughs> who beat Spurs in the Cup? Well, I think I think Tottenham Hotspur had themselves a little bit of a shocker. I I, I will say I, I watched part of that game and Middlesbrough just kind of like stayed on them, bent but didn't break and took their opportunities. So, I mean, maybe on our day we can beat a Tottenham Hotspur, but at the same time, I, I don't know. You know, the cup is always just a fucking wild card, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's all it is. Yep. So, Chad, w- you want to get into reviewing this game here? Yes, yes, let's do it. Let's do it minute by minute, uh, opposed to how I did it, kind of just summing it up. You know, that's your yours is much better than than my way of doing it. Well, I appreciate that. Anyway, getting into it, took a couple minutes really to to feel each other out here. I mean, just basically lobbing possession back and forth. In the fourth minute, Bedgay won a corner down the wing, on like down the left flank, and. It was a good win, but nothing came of the corner as the keeper just kind of claimed it off of that corner. There was some good attacking play in that sixth minute, and Jackie Longthrow ended up throwing in a 
one of his patented long throws, but uh, nothing happened really. It was headed out to Norwood. And then shortly thereafter, Conley in the box on the right-hand side, he crossed it, but it was caught by Fodderingham. And in the first half, I just want to say, how good was Ben Osborne? Yeah, it's like a breath of fresh air. Out of position, really, for him, playing on the right when he's left-footed. He looked a little bit out of place. Like He looked like he might be more comfortable on the left-hand side, but still, still, he availed himself so well. And I'll be honest, I'd rather have him there than than, than Sariki, you know? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, like we talked about, Sariki's going to come into his game. He's he's just a kid. Beno's been there. He knows how to kind of play out of position. So he just brings his lunch pail to work every day and he puts in a shift. It doesn't matter where he plays. He's been out of the lineup for so long. And just to come in the past game against Forrest and then against Burrow, it's just like, where have you been all my life, Benno? I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see you're there. And now hopefully you the likes of Baldock come back. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. He might keep his spot. He might keep his name on the team sheet. You never know. I think comfortably, if Balduck does come back, is available on Saturday against Coventry. I mean, for my money, you play Balduck and then you slot Benno in for Norrington Davies. I, I, and look, this is not default Norrington Davies at all. I thought he, I thought he was decent in this game. He's put in a serviceable shift. The last, like, whatever, three or four games, Norrington Davies has put in a serviceable shift. Not hating his play at all, but I think Benno just gives us that that little something else that intangible, you know, he just mm-hmm. puts balls like right into right into feet on the run. And we'll talk about this in a bit, but that assist on that Morgan Gibbs white goal. Oh my goodness. What a yep. cross, what a cross. So in the 10th minute, Bergay made a great run after a lovely one, two with Morgan Gibbs white, but he couldn't get a shot off. He tried to cross as he got like almost level with the goal line. And uh, that was the keeper's ball easily caught 16th minute was our real first chance on net as after a Jackie long throw long throw it is punched out by keeper Lumley but only as far as Fleck who passes it to Robinson who gets it to Norwood who quickly dishes to the law firm and it's shot over the net 17th minute Egan again had a poor moment in in that in that 17th minute as he gave away possession cheaply Um, but another note that I made that I noticed very early on and credit to the referee. He let the boys play. He did. Yeah. He kept kept that whistle in his hand for most of the first half. And for a good portion of the second half, there were a couple of cheap fouls that were given away, but that is the type of refereeing that we need. I, I, I just feel like there's been a trend in the last maybe 10 years towards more of a premier, excuse me, premier side refereeing in, in the championship. But I kind of long for the days when, you know, there were hard tackles and the ref would just keep his whistle in his hand. And I think we saw a lot of that and it didn't like break up the play. Possession was just going back and forth. It was end to end. It was exciting, exciting football. Even though there wasn't a goal scored until that 22nd minute, I was thoroughly engaged throughout throughout that, that first half. Yeah, it, it was. Like you said, leading up to the goal, I mean, it was a little bit enthralling. It was like, okay. I, I kind of felt like I had heard it through leading up to the game. It's a big – it was a big game 
for both sides. You know, whoever took three points, that was going to be a huge result in their in their promotion push. So, you know, we whatever happened in that game had a huge effect on both of these teams' season. So both sides wanted to go and go for it. Yeah, no, absolutely, Chad. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And like I said, you just love to see it. You love to see when a ref is both fair but keeps the game going. So finally here in the 22nd minute, first goal of the game, down the left wing, it falls to Billy Sharp. He dashes down that left-hand side. He dribbles into the box, crosses it. Lumley goes to grab it, but it deflects off of Bola, and Berge is right there to tap it in. Easiest goal he will score in his entire career, just to tap in. When I saw it coming, I said, I, my mind flashed back to the handful of goals that that David McGoldrick has missed at point blank range. I said, surely he's going to slam this bad boy way wide and he's going to miss a clear opportunity, but no, he hammered it in the back of the net. You got to give him credit. I mean, he, the ball fell right to him and he slotted it right home. Good first goal. Yeah. Also credit to Billy Sharp because in the end it, it was a very dangerous cross. And I mean, I, I Lumley probably should have claimed it, or at least gotten a good enough tick on it where you know it didn't smash against Bola's back. But at, at the same time, it's a wonderful cross and uh, a good finish by Bergay just to give it a little tap, 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 roo. <laughs> <laughs> so then, not two minutes later, more fantastic play from the Blades as Norwood takes the ball off of House and we quickly get on the counterattack and Norwood gets it to Gibbs White, who puts in a fantastic little through ball for Billy Sharp, who takes a touch past the keeper to slot it home 2-0, and we are absolutely flying at this point. Fantastic and unselfish from the law firm there. And I thought this was one of his best games as a blade. And I mean, I feel like I've said that multiple times this season, but I just really think that speaks to the quality of the law firm, Morgan Gibbs White. Oh, wholeheartedly. I mean, when you said one of his best games as a blade, I mean, I can count on probably one hand what the bad games he's had, and they all kind of surrounded an injury or him leaving because of an injury. So I don't know, what would you say? Like 80% of his games that he's played, he's played phenomenal for us. So, I mean, it's something that we're getting used to. And I, I was scrolling through, uh, I believe it was Twitter, and somebody said they wanted to start a GoFundMe page so the Blades could buy Gibbs White <laughs> next year. I was like, you know, I, I was trying to think of how much money I'd put on it. You know, I'd, you know, how much we're going to have to pay. I, don't, I mean, someone... We're going to have to have, have like an even amount, I mean, or a set, preset amount. You know, we can't just raise like $50 million and be like, here, have all this money. We can't get <laughs> robbed blind. Yeah, I, I got I got 20 pound on it. Yeah, we'll match it. The red half of Sheffield's uh, donation fund, we'll, we'll, we'll forward it. <laughs> the foundation for the purchase of Morgan Gibbs White. Yep. <laughs> now I'm picturing like, a like a commercial like in the style of those um like in the arms of the angels like for those of you who aren't aware we have like these commercials on in the united states for you know for abused dogs or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like do you have a, an attacking midfielder that you would like to keep on sheffield united 
Donate five pound today from Morgan Gibbs White. <laughs> yeah, and then we can then we can turn it into this whole thing where like SUTV will roll the commercial, and then it'll grow, it'll gain traction over there. You know, we'll just all over the world because there's blade supporters all over the world. So, you know what? The more the merrier. We'll get on it. <laughs> we'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 35th minute, Billy Sharp in the law firm again, linking up beautifully. Billy gives a little touch pass to the law firm, and he is sprinting down the field with just the keeper to beat. He takes a shot, and it goes right into Lumley's legs. Uh, should have done better. Should have been three. Should have had his first goal of the night right there. Yeah, I, I thought that was going to come back to bite us. I was like, oh, we're up 2 0. Is this where Burrow get a little bit of momentum here? And then they go back and answer and cut it to two to one right before half. Luckily, they didn't. But I mean, how many times have we missed something like that this year where it's one on one with a keeper and we just I, I, like put it right into him or put it over to him and he saves it? I can think of probably seven or eight examples. I think Njai has had three alone. I think Billy's had at least a couple. Morgan Gibbs White with at least one or two. Yeah, I mean, so many chances like that where, you know, it's kind of one of those just our luck things. It's not like we've had the luck that we had last year. I mean, to be honest, mm -hmm. we have had some pretty good ball luck this year. Um, not ball duck, ball luck. And... <laughs> But we have we we need to work on that just you and the keeper style finishing. Yeah, it's almost like when the the keeper comes off of his line and closes their angles down, they like freak out. They don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like, come on, man, you guys are professional footballers. You should know how to put this in. And I mean, here I am, arm armchair quarterback, and oh, that that should be an easy goal. But I mean, yeah, there's some skill into it. But oh boy, man, you got to finish that. Ar armchair quarterback or armchair striker there, Chad? Yeah, armchair, yeah, yeah. That popped in my head, armchair quarterback. But, yeah, I'll be an armchair striker. Definitely. 38th minute, John Fleck went down with an apparent groin injury, as um, as was stated after the game. And Connor Hurahan comes in to replace Fleck. And we hope Flecky's all right. I, I mean, he's just been plagued by injuries this season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he missed that extended period of time for what when he collapsed on the pitch. So hopefully, you know, we do have an international break, which I completely forgot, I guess, at the end of this month, I believe. So we might have a little bit of time to get our walking wounded kind of, you know, nurse back to full fitness for the stretch run. So hopefully this isn't a, a huge injury that keeps him out for, you know, four to six weeks. Maybe it's only like two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And I mean, hopefully that'll provide a little bit more time, you know, for Basham to come back because obviously we, we need Bash back in this side. My humble opinion. We'll have Charlie good back for Coventry, which is, which is great as well. I don't know. Ben Davies, I think, comes out of the side. We'll, we'll get to our, our predictions for who's going to start at the weekend. But um, with that being said, our back line, I thought, was phenomenal, especially in that first half. And not the least of whom, Jackie Longthrow. Again. Yeah. Again. I, it was funny. On the SUTV feed, I can't remember who stated it, but it was stated that he almost, when he throws those long throws into the box, it's almost like he's chucking them 
too far. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was that's- it was probably Kevin Gage. He's throwing the balls way too far. Look at him. He's probably he's running back and he's throwing it way too far. I, th- I think Tufty Club is going to have something to say about you doing a poor impersonation of Kevin Gage. That was my only thing I could do was sounded like a old, really, really old man. It's Kevin Gage, everyone. That's what yeah. he sounds like. But but you were doing it with an American accent. I don't know if that was very <clears throat> Kevin Gage-like. <laughs> yeah, the best I could do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, getting back into our review here, 41st minute, Morgan Gibbs-White did a brilliant job of winning a free kick in the attacking half. Connor Hurahan took it, and John Egan was able to get ahead to it, but it just goes wide into the right of goal and out for a goal kick. And then 45th minute of stoppage time. I mean, we got six minutes of stoppage time due to injuries throughout that that first half, but this was really Boro's only chance of the first half as Housen got it to Tavernier and he was inside the box. He took a shot that was blocked out by Jackie Longthrow. Again, Jackie Longthrow doing fucking everything in this game. Love, love, love to see it. And that was basically halftime. Brilliant from United. We controlled play for the majority of the half, but still, I, I don't know about you, Chad. I think you kind of alluded to this, but uh, I still had that little feeling in the back of my head that we could still bottle it in the second half, uh, as we've done on more than one occasion this season. Yeah, that's exactly where I thought we were going. I was like, Wilder's getting them into halftime. You know, they had that crucial stop by Lumley on the law firm. Okay, they didn't go down 3-0. Throwing down 2-0, Wilder's going to get in there and rev them up, and they're going to come out in the second half and like gangbusters and equalize, level this thing up, and I'm going to be like, oh, my God, you cannot be serious. But it wasn't to be, and the second half started in – Pretty early, 49th minute, the game almost turned into a hockey match as both Billy Sharp and Lee Peltier were caught up in a little tiff after Peltier held Billy down and it ended up with the two exchanging pushes and falling on each other. Both got yellows. Morgan Gibbs-White as well got a booking for his troubles and yikes, got a little spicy there. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. He tried to get Billy on the ground. (laughs) I mean, what was... I mean... I don't know what that was. Did you see after the scrum, after Billy got up off the floor, I guess the law firm came in and they like grabbed him around the neck and were trying to pull him back. So that's why I was wondering why Burrow only got one yellow card. And that was Peltier when he like did whatever he did, like tackled sharp on the, on the floor And then I'm like, ref, we've clearly missed one more here. I said, you give three out, there should be four. But I don't know. I I didn't, like, know what was going on there. I was like, man, this is turning – this is a cagey affair here. I mean, it kind of livened the atmosphere up, too, in Bramall Lane. Yeah. Because SUTV's down so loud, I couldn't hear that it was like – it sounded like the entire game, like a pin was about to drop. And I could only imagine through my imagination that the Bramall Lane sound was going through – like the roof. Yeah, I I know. It, it this is a consistent complaint that we've had about SUTV. I mean, we pay what, 250 pounds a year 
I think it was 150 like pounds. So what is oh, that? Okay. Translation to yeah. us? That was like yeah, almost 200, a little over 200 dollars, I think. So yeah. I mean, whatever it is, we pay a lot of money per year to watch the blades, and for the audio quality to be as shitty as it is where you can't hear the supporters in Bramall Lane. I mean, that that's part of what we're paying for. We're part of, like, we're paying for the ambiance because I certainly don't want to listen to Kevin Gage all game, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if we, like, this will all change now that, like, COVID is not as prominent as it was to have our announcers travel to the away games and, you know – don't have them in a room where they're watching the same game we're watching, have them where they're like watching the actual match and maybe it makes it better and we can bring the sound up because I don't want to just hear really, really quiet noise. If that's a thing. And then Kevin Gage, give us his COVID Kev <laughs> analogies or whatever. I mean, what needs to happen is in the, the background noise needs to go up and the, the audio from the announcers needs to go down just a touch and that would be yeah. they'd be fine i hope they yeah. give us a survey at the end of the year to fill it out because i'm gonna fill it out yeah absolutely by the way hit us up on on twitter if you agree that the sound on sutv is just awful so 51st minute off of a corner ben osborne got on, on a ball from ollie norwood and took a shot that missed way to the left 51st minute, Jones for Boro tried a great ball through that found Connolly, who put it to the back of the net, but it is flagged offside, and you could tell he was, like, miles off. Yeah, I, I saw the ball go in, and, and I was like, sure, he's offsides. And then he put his hands on his head, and he's like, oh, what, I'm offsides? No, no, yeah, you were. Yeah, don't count. Yep, yep, absolutely. 54th minute. We won a corner, and it was taken by Hodehan, who found Egan, but he headed it sky high and out of play. 56th minute, another win in the midfield of the ball by Ollie Norwood. He passes to Bergay, who gets on it, makes a great marauding run down the center of the pitch, and takes a shot from outside the box that just goes wide. He got like a little too much of a, of a curl on it, and it just went to the left of goal. And then... 59th minute, Morgan Gibbs-White does brilliantly to win a corner off of Fry. Norwood takes the corner. It goes long, but it finds Egan, who heads it back across goal. He finds Jackie Longthrow, who scores his second goal of the season. Brilliant from Egan, who he could have tried to head it on, on frame himself, but instead found Robinson, who was open, and it's just a simple tap home. And it's very similar to the goal that we scored against Rovers a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does this count as my defender getting a goal? You know how I, I like off of a corner or a set piece? You know how we haven't scored many of those? Does this count? Yeah, I would say that the one that Ben Davies scored against Rovers is uh, uh, also counts. True. I guess I'm thinking of it as like a headed goal instead of a we score with our feet type deal. Uh, but it still counts nonetheless. But yeah, I mean, it was almost like a mirror image, wasn't it? The goal. I was like, okay, this uh, Jackie Longthrow, where's this coming from? This, yeah. this dude is booming with confidence, man. Booming with confidence. I know. It's crazy because you would have asked us, what, a little over a year ago? And he was far and away 
you you saw his name on a team sheet and and you rolled your eyes and said, "Oh no, not fucking Jackie Longthrow." And now, now he's been our best, our best center back over the last month. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. What a turnaround. Somebody responded to something that we posted on Twitter earlier today uh, by saying or asking, "Is Jackie Longthrow our our player of the season?" And no. I, I don't think he's our player of the season. I think we would all say that the law firm to this point is our player of the season. But, but, gun to my head today, if there's a most improved player of the season, has to go to Jackie Longthrow. Absolutely has to. It, it would be a tight race between Jackie Longthrow and, and Norwood. I mean, Norwood certainly has come out of nowhere in the last, like we talked about pre-pod. Where would we be if we just kept Hecky in charge from the beginning? Where will we be? Up there with Fulham, up there with Fulham. Yeah. I mean, man, you just hindsight's 2020, but it's just like, man, where would we be if we just kept the same manager instead of screwing around with big slab? It's so frustrating. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, what's going to make our promotion push even more amazing is that, you know, we threw away basically the first like third of the season and in the second two thirds clawed our way back into a playoff position. So So not three minutes later after uh, that Jackie long throw goal, the only blight on the match as a whole, as on a routine clear out, West Fodderingham slips, falls, gives the ball to Balogun, and he takes a touch to the right and slots home one of the easiest goals he's going to score. I think that that was his first all season for for Boro. Yeah, you can let him have it. It was a consolation. It ended up being a consolation goal, but at the at that minute, it, it goes three one, and you're like, "Uh oh, are the wheels going to fall off?" Please tell me they're not going to fall off. You know, after that goal was scored, I'm, I I put my head in my hands. I'm like, "We are not going to let them back into this. There is no way we are going to villa this game." And sure enough, that's instantly what popped into my head. Is like, okay, it's three one. Here we go. We still got plenty of time. It's, just, it's the sixty second. Here we go. Here we go. We got plenty of time to give this away, and it'll be three three. And Wilder will be the greatest manager in the history of the world. But little did we know we weren't going to do that, and we were going to see it out. Sixty six minute. Watmore got a header from Connolly and took a shot outside the box that was blocked 68th minute johnny housen got the ball to balligan who took a shot from outside the box that was saved easily by west fodderingham never gonna test the keeper there 71st minute we got on the front foot again as morgan gibbs white got the ball down the left hand side he put in a cross for norrington davies that was headed but skied out of play and Then in the 78th minute, Aaron Conley took a shot from outside the box that missed way wide. And then, and then, 79th minute, in a scramble to clear the ball out, Boro gave the ball away straight to Horahan, who took a touch pass to Osborne down the right-hand side of the pitch near the box. He drove, he crossed it, Morgan Gibbs-White jumps and takes a cheeky flick on the ball, and somehow... That ball goes in absolutely world-class from the law firm. Perhaps perhaps his best goal of the season, though. Most have been belters. And someone responded on Twitter to, to us, you know, exclaiming, what an amazing goal by Morgan Gibbs-White. 
by saying that if Ibrahimovic, Messi, Ronaldo, someone else, you know, in the Premier League or one of the top five leagues scores that, it's all anyone's talking about on Sky Sports, ESPN, all over mm-hmm. the world. But of course, Morgan Gibbs White on Sheffield United scores that goal. And, you know, there's, I mean, you, there were like 26 comments on on the goal that was posted on Reddit. And yet that was like an absolutely world-class goal. Yeah, absolutely insane. I mean, I, I slag him off for doing this stuff in the game where he does that spinning back heel and usually gives it away. It, it almost like helped the cross came in and he like helped it on and just flicked it in. It's just like, okay, I, I scored a goal. It's almost like he's worked on this, on the training pitch. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then uh, Sheffield United social media team released it in like a four block images of what happened during the goal. It was pretty cool. But yeah, I've, I've watched that goal back. I don't know. 10 times maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you think if it's two one that he even tries that? See, I don't know. Knowing him. Yeah, probably because he does the stuff when we're it's nil, nil, one nil down stuff like that. He still tries it. So I wouldn't put him past it that he did or he would do it. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably say, yeah. I was going to say maybe it's a blessing in disguise that that goal didn't get like too much international attention because if it did, Wolves are going to be like, well, we have a player down there at Sheffield United right now. Um, Yes, please. And you guys have no chance of signing him in the offseason, even if you go up. I, I don't know. I, I'm still holding on to this absolute pipe dream that somehow we find a way to go up this season. We get some more money in and we're able to buy Morgan Gibbs White off of off of Wolves and make him our player. I hope so. I hope it happens. I hope it happens 100%. Speak it into existence, brother. Speak it into existence. So, you know what? After that, not terribly much happened. There were a couple of odd shots. McBurney came on and put in the regular lackluster shift. Kyron Gordon came on and, you know, he had he did all right in limited minutes, but that was pretty much it. It does it just doesn't seem right to go in in depth on any other moment in the game after, you know, arguably one of the best goals I've seen in the championship. But Chad, who was your man of the match in this game? You can't go without saying the the law firm because of the goal. So for me, yeah, I'll go with the law firm. I mean, you know, he assisted on the second goal and he, I mean, he won the corner kick that led to our third goal. So I, I mean, it has to be, it has to be Morgan Gibbs white. He was absolutely brilliant in this game. Uh, we, we don't regularly do this, but besides Morgan Gibbs white, who else would you have up there as far as man of the match? Mm, I would probably say, I mean, Ollie Norwood had a good game too. He had a really good game. So I would, I would go, I'd go Norwood. I'm trying to go with the under the radar type deals, you know, because you have your likes of of Sharp and and Sander Berger. He played good too, but I'll, I'll go with Norwood because I'm starting to kind of fall back in favor with him because he's played so good since Heckies came in. So yeah, I can't not like him. I mean, he's even when Flex played bad, he still played good in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think after Morgan Gibbs White. I mean, you got to go Jackie Longthrow. Yeah. He was so good. He was just, I mean, 
it, like I said earlier in the podcast, he is the the turnaround has been phenomenal from him. And I just want to see him start every game on the left-hand side of the of the three center backs. I'm not taking anything away from him. He has put in he he's worked his ass off to get in this side and he is not Remember when we said Jack Longtoe's going to come in for a couple of games and then he'll be right back on the bench? Yeah, he hasn't left. It it just goes to show you that I mean you can you cannot predict the rise and fall of footballers over the course of a season, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. we thought Njaye was going to be starting every game the rest of the season, and here we are, and he hasn't made that many appearances. Nope. I mean, he, he started off like a ball on uh, a guy on fire, and, yeah, he's kind of slowly petered out, and now he's just kind of like a bench player, you know? But, I mean, yep. don't – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the analogy. That's the analogy. And I I mean, I'm of the opinion that come this Saturday, great transition, by the way, that if it ain't broke, don't fix it against Coventry. And this game on on Saturday is going to be away from home. Am I? Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. And it is a 3 p.m. GMT start. Coventry on mixed form the last five games. A nil-one loss to Luton Town at home. A 3-1 loss to Swansea away. A draw against Preston at home. And a win over Bristol City away. And then a 1-0 win over Barnsley at home. So mixed form, two wins, two losses, one draw. And who are the players that we need to watch out for? For Coventry, Chad. Before I give you the players we got to look out for, check out the. It used to be called the Rico Arena where they used to play. Now it's called the Coventry Building Society Arena. And I have not, like, I don't know. I must have been living under a rock since they changed it from the Rico Arena. But wow, that is a long, that is a mouthful of a, a stadium name. But it's it's not as bad as like Dignity Health Sports Park, which is where my beloved Galaxy play. Yeah, it's weird names. Just. Just name it like Galaxy Stadium or LA Galaxy. I understand you want to have more of the, the money coming in because you name you you sell the rights to these companies, but I just don't I don't know. It's it's not the old school names like I'm used to. Thank God that we haven't sold the naming rights to, to Bramall Lane. Yeah, right. Like can you imagine like welcome to Dunkin' Donuts Bramall Lane or something like that? Something <laughs> I mean, that'd just be, that would just be dumb. Be awful. Be awful. Yeah. The, the but, classic stadiums you don't do that for. Dodger Stadium, Ma- uh, Madison Square Garden. You know, yeah. Oh, Rig- yeah. Well, Wrigley Field, ironically, was named for the chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's stuck over, what, a hundred and so years? So Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But exactly. Back to our back to our players to watch. You have the likes of Joker Ash who is in my championship team of the year based on his name. He's got 12 goals. Callum McFadden, he's a center back and he's got 3 goals. You know, Matt, Matt of... Godden, Matt, Matt Godden's been on really good form or was on really good form before he got injured and he's just been coming back into the side the last couple of weeks, right? Yep, and how can we forget who's between the sticks for Coventry City? Simon Mama Mama so, I mean, from front to back, they're a solid team. They've scored 44 goals this year, conceded 42. So they give up a lot at the back, but they can also score. 
but it's weird to see them with a plus two goal differential. And then you look at the table and we're on 13. You got teams in and around nine goal, nine plus nine on goal differential. So I think we're going to be able to get some goals in this and maybe not just one, maybe two or three. So only, only time will tell, but they're a solid side, but they're kind of falling away right now. You know, we've talked about previous pods where, you know, cover trees over exceeding their expectations kind of were up in the playoffs for most of the beginning part of the season. And now they've kind of started to peter out, peter out and fall down the, the league a little bit. So I think that they're right for the picking in this one. So second tier podcast asked about three or four months ago, which team do you expect to fall from grace and Coventry at the time, I think we're in a playoff position or very close to a playoff position. And I said, Coventry city. And I was responded to by maybe like five or six Coventry fans who just thought that I was an idiot. And here we are like what four, yeah, four months later. And I get the last fucking laugh because Sheffield United are in fifth and Coventry are in 10th. So yeah, Suck it, all of you Coventry fans. <laughs> yeah, the, the the hundreds of Coventry fans that listen to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Chad, who do you think is going to be starting for Sheffield United in this game? Well, I think we're going to have to go with pretty much the same lineup. Obviously, you know, we're going to see if Charlie Good's going to replace Ben Davies, probably comes out of the side. And then if Baldock comes back in, do you have him replace Benno and give him a bit of a rest, or do we do we slot take Norrington Davis out and slot and slot Baldock in over there? That's I mean, the and then the, it's, it's yeah. the biggest question, Chad. And I, I mean, I thank thank you for asking it because it's so tough to say. I mean, Benno obviously has been on great form since coming back. You know, he had the one sub substitution against Forrest and then obviously yesterday against Boro. For my money, personally, I think you take Norrington Davies out, give him a little bit of a rest, maybe have him go again next game. Especially, But if Balduck isn't available, yeah, Benno on the right, Norrington Davies on the left. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And then, I mean, I'm gonna have to, you're going to have to keep the attacking three up front. Yeah. Sharp, Law Firm, and Sander Berger. Yep. Yep, they've been too good. Mm-hmm. Too good. And then Horehan, I think, will come in and replace Fleck. Fleck. Yeah, obviously because of the injury. Yeah, so Fleck will slot in, or Horehan will slot in there. Definitely. What about a score prediction, Chad? Man, that's, this is the part of the podcast where I usually waver, as everybody knows, but I think 3-0. I think 3-0 win. We just keep it going. Wow. That's a bold prediction. You think our form is that good? You, you don't think this was an anomalous win over Boro, hey? No, I think I think we're just going to keep it rolling. I think the we got over the biggest part of the hump, the game, Wilder's return to, to Bramble Lane. What are the Blades going to do? Come out and hammer them 4-1. I think we're just going to keep this train rolling down the tracks now. Who do you have goals from? I've got Sharp with one because he seems to score all the time. How about Charlie Good making it good for – getting sent off in a red. We'll get Charlie Good's first goal for the club, and we will go with Santa Berger. We'll, we'll score one. I think that's I like the it. three goal scorers. I like it. This is going to be the game, Chad. I'm going to say 2-1 to the Blades, and I, this is going to be the game. Norwood, 
He's finally going to pot one. He's Good finally going to do it. Good all one. year, all year, we've been waiting for him to just pot that goal off of a worked corner from Horahan or off of a free kick, a direct free kick. This is going to be the game. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I also think Morgan Gibbs White will get the other goal. So, I, if it says anything, I was thinking about a West Fodderingham goal. So, <laughs> just one <laughs> where it gets caught up in the wind and yeah. it takes a weird takes a weird bounce and bounces in. That would be uh, that would be crazy. I don't think we've had one of those in a long, long time. So, hey, maybe it's it's windy in Coventry City on Saturday, and yeah. It gets just caught up in the wind and and it goes in. Crazier yep. things have happened. <laughs> well, I think that's all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally at Jarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Sunpuck on Instagram and at Nessman930 on twitter if you haven't done so please give this podcast a follow on social media you can find us at the red half of sheffield on facebook and at red sheffield on twitter so until this saturday when we play coventry away up the blades chad up the blades come on you red and white wizards 